Let's open our Bibles to go to Deuteronomy chapter number 7 for our New Year's Eve message today. And we'll introduce the text to you here in just a moment. But every New Year's Eve, we think about the coming year, the participation of the days that lie ahead. I know most of us here remember a year that uh, was a little different from 1999 to 2000 called Y2K. How many remember that, Y2K? I was pastoring in St. Petersburg, Florida. And man, it was a big debate back in that day about how we should prepare for 2000. Uh, you remember at midnight, all the computers in the whole world were gonna go out. Remember that, don't you? And I mean, I don't know about North Carolina, but in St. Petersburg, uh, people started uh, uh, gathering some food that would last them for years and years and years to come. I mean, can this and uh, all kinds of stuff and uh, hiding it and putting it away in shelters and whatnot for, man, we're going to run out of food in 2000. And uh, it was just a, a unique time, if you remember that. And uh, uh, people were pulling, I didn't do this, uh, I didn't have anything to do with it, uh, pulling their stocks out of the stock market and putting it into cash. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I didn't even have any cash back in those days. <laughs> uh, but nevertheless, I mean, boy, everything was going to crash. And uh, we entered in, and uh, I mean, we uh, kind of suspiciously through the uh, ringing of the new year in, and the next day and the next two, and it just seemed like not a whole lot had happened. But a lot of fear back in those days. Now, you young people wouldn't remember some of that. But that was the year 2000 came into this new century. But every year holds up. A participation and anticipation, rather, of what's going to take place and what lies before us. I've already heard how, from the naysayers, I guess, how difficult this year is going to be. They already know what's going to happen. And I guess because of what they see on the table and the prospect of things, and it's like they're assured that these things will take place in, in, uh, in 2024. And uh, actually, uh, just remember that uh, the Lord's in control. Uh, he knows exactly what takes place. But there is a participation in my part when I think about entering into a new year and a new place. So I want to bring a lesson to you today. I've titled from Deuteronomy chapter 7, The Land or the Year You Are Entering to Take. Look in chapter 7 and verse number 1. And this will just be beginning verse 4. So we're going to expound through the next couple chapters and to kind of share this story of Moses and how it applies for us today. When the Lord your God brings you into the land that you are entering to take possession of it. Entering into the land. And I want to make the application as we are entering into the year, the new year, 2024. And uh, we'll look through this story here of Moses with application for us in this new year. I, I always believe this firmly about Scripture. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Can you say amen to that? Then it says it's profitable for us, and every way it's profitable for us, and uh, for reproof, for instruction, that we can be truly furnished to do the good works of God. And so I want us to take these couple chapters in Deuteronomy chapter 8 particularly, and make some application and see what profit that we can find as we are standing at the end of a year going into the new year. 
The book of Deuteronomy covers the ending months of the wilderness wanderings. Forty years in the wilderness total before going to Kadesh Barnea, ready to cross in Joshua chapter 1 over into the land God promised in the land of Canaan across the Jordan River. You are here in the writings of Deuteronomy in the last few months of the 40 years. And what Moses is doing primarily in Deuteronomy is giving several speeches. There's three larger speeches in the book of Deuteronomy. This is the first one that he gives. And basically, he's dealing with their past and their present and their future. And it's good information he gives to them. He's speaking from the word of the Lord. And he's telling the people how to prepare from where they've been and where they are and what God is going to do with them and for them as they go into that land. You remember, they're entering into the land to take it and possess it. Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse number 1. And so after 39 years of being released from Egyptian bondage, they're now going forward to their final steps into this land of promise. And Moses is giving several speeches to these Jews concerning their journey so far and, and what lies ahead for them. He gives them their past and their present and their future. This story here, Moses, has a great application for us. And all of us have a desire of some sort for 2024. All of us are seeking some difference in our lives than we experienced in 2023 or years in the past. Undoubtedly, these Jews were facing the same thing. And Moses gives them their past and their present and their future. And even in Psalms, you'll find that David reflects the words of Moses many times about the journey where they had gone in these wilderness wanderings and being uh, uh, escaped from bondage and all that they faced, the reflection that's given there. It is an interesting day. <laughs> here it is, December 31st in 2023. Uh, we've got the eternal word of God, and here we are reminded of again. We're talking about Moses. That's a long time ago, friend. Moses' life, thousands of years ago, and there's something in God's eternal word that speaks to us today. And you've got your Bibles open right now to a passage, Deuteronomy chapter 7, chapter 8. And so today, can we go inside and see what God says to us from Deuteronomy chapter 8. Can we do that for a little while? And it's a journey. It's a reflection. It's the past. It's the present. And it's the future. And so notice the applications of this first speech in Deuteronomy that resembles your journey and where you're headed this particular new year. Notice how it takes place here. And so... Uh, Number one, I want you to put down this thought, and that is to recall who you are. Recall who you are. It's given to us in the text in Deuteronomy chapter 7, in verses 6 down to verse number 26. He mentions several things as to who they are. Uh, he says in verse number 6 that you are holy. You are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all the peoples who on the face of the earth. That's who y'all are. Can you make an application about your personal life in that verse? Deuteronomy 7, verse number 6. Is this who you are today? 
Can you say today that I'm holy, I'm treasured? It says in verse number 6, verse number 8, it talks about being redeemed. And go down to verse number 8 as well. It is because the Lord loves you, you are loved, and is keeping the oath. He's keeping you. He swore to your fathers that the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand, and he's redeemed you from the house of slavery. That's interesting. Go down to verse number 13. He will love you and bless you and multiply you. Has God done that for you in your past? Is God doing that in your present? Do you believe God will do that in your future? That's what he says. See, see the speech that he's given. They're coming to an end of a journey, end of a year, let's say, anticipating the months ahead, what lies ahead, and he reminds them who they are. And so they recall who they are. Then he says in verse number 15, he talks about their health. Uh, he lays out, there shall not be male nor female barren among you or among your livestock. The Lord will take away from you all your sickness and none of the evil diseases of Egypt, which you knew will inflict you, but he will lay them on all that hate you. He gives them a, a, a promise of health in their journey in the days ahead. He also gives them a promise of their protection. And it's, it's provided in verse 17 to 26. And I won't go through all these verses, but he talks about the nations are going to be greater than you when you go into the land of Canaan. By the way, when you think of the land of, someone said, you know, that uh, this land of Canaan is a picture of heaven. It ain't no picture of heaven. Who told you that? Go back, talk to that professor and say, can you explain that a little further? Canaan ain't no picture of heaven. Man, you start going to the book of Joshua. They're fighting battles. They got, a, they, got, they got land, they've got a conquest, they got giants, they got a defeat. They've got great difficulty. You think your heaven's going to be like that? No, it ain't no picture of heaven. It's a land of promise that God said you would be given you as an inherited place for you. It would be a blessed land, but not a perfect land, a sinless land. That's not heaven. It's, it's a journey in this life that you will experience. Sometimes, sometimes I'm bound for the promised land. Sometimes I feel I'm in the promised land. <laughs> Man, I'm experiencing redemption and love and being kept of the Lord by his oath and his covenants. I've experienced measures of health and then measures of protection. And he explains in the closing verses of chapter 7 where they're going to be facing these places that seem like will overtake you. But God says, I'll protect you. I'll be the mighty hand of God. You, you'll not have need to fight. You'll see me grabbing and working on your behalf against these nations that are greater than you. And so he offers them great protection. I met reference a little bit later, but he also gives them a great measure of wealth that's given this land as well. But, but he wants them to know who they are. Now, let me give you some New Testament application here. You are a chosen race. <laughs> so were these Jews. You're a chosen race. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation, such as the nation of Israel. You're people for his own possession. Why? That you may proclaim the excellences of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 19. That's who you are. And then it says in 1 Corinthians 6, 11, such were some of you, but you're washed. You're sanctified. 
You're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. That's who you are. You know, before you get on your journey, you better find out your own identity. Recall who you are. I wish I had time to go to Romans chapter 8, and I've got it marked here in my notes, verses 28 to 38 as well. Who I am. Who I am. He's he predestined us to be conformed into the image of his son. I'm in the image of his son. That's who I am. And, he, and, and he's called me. I'm called. I'm justified, verse number 30. I'm glorified in verse number 30 as well. God is for me in verse number 31. What shall we say to these things? If God's for us, who can stand against us? Here he is, the one who's allowed us and can never be separated from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. All these things, it says, you know who I am, verse number 37, Romans chapter 8. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror through him who loved me. So, before you say goodbye tonight to this year, will you take just a little while this afternoon and view these steps from Deuteronomy chapter 7, 8, 9. Recall who you are. Before you go into the year to possess it, recall who you are. Number two, remember whose you are. Remember whose you are. Look in chapter 8 and verse number 1. The whole commandment that I commanded you today, you shall be careful to do that you may live and multiply and go and bless the land that the Lord swear to you as to who. Remember. You recall number two? You remember. You remember whose you are. You remember the Lord. The word remember is found 16 times in the book of Deuteronomy. It also refers to take heed several times in the book of Deuteronomy. There's a reflection here. There's a, there's a remembrance here. And the first remembrance as to who we are, as relating to the Lord as to whose we are. We belong to the Lord. Peter says that you're to be holy for I'm holy. A representation that's given to us. And so, whose we are. <clears throat> now, notice these Jews. They were his chosen people. They had a purpose for their existence. They had a plan to fulfill their purpose. But they had a promise that they were going to receive. They knew who they, who they were, whose they were. And as we think about whose we are, Psalm 100, verse number 3 says, Know that the Lord, he is God. It's he that has made us. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. John chapter 10, verse 27, my sheep listen and hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. I give them eternal life. Uh, and they shall never perish, and no one will take them or snatch them out of the Father's hand. Romans 14, 8, if we live, we live for the Lord, and if we die... We die for the Lord, so whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Don't you forget this one. Recall who you are, and remember the Lord. Remember whose you are. You belong 
to the Lord. Don't forget that leaving this year, going the next year. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, do you not know that your bodies are temple of the Holy Spirit of God who, who lives in you, that you've received from God? You're not your own. You've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God with your bodies that belong to the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, it is God who makes both us and us to stand firm in Christ. He anointed us. He set us to seal his ownership on us. He put a spirit in our hearts as a guarantee that, as to what is to come. Galatians 3, 28 says, there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free. There's neither male or female, but you're all one in Christ. We belong to the Lord. 1 John 3, 1, we think about the great love that God has bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. 1 John 4, 4, you dear children, you are from God. You are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. We belong to the Lord. Remember whose you are. And then number three on this journey before you enter into the land you're going to take, the year you're going to receive, number three, reflect where you've been. And notice how this plays out. In the next, in chapter number eight, reflect where you've been. And in verses two down to verse number five, he, he gives some mention of that as to the past in their life, as to where they had been. Let's look at it just for a moment. Look in chapter eight and verse number two. You shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has fed you these 40 days in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments and uh, or not and be humbled uh, he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with man of which you did not know nor did your fathers know that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone but lives by every word that comes from the mouth of God your clothing didn't wear out on you and your foot did not swell these 40 years know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son the Lord your God disciplines you he reflects the journey that they've had for a while. Uh, he gives some understanding about this journey, reflecting where they have been. You have been fed. Uh, you've been tested. Uh, you've been humbled. You've been taught. And you have been clothed. You've been fed, Isaiah 40, verse 11. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. That's the journey I've been in. All the days of my life to think about this journey. He's fed me. He gathers like lambs with his arms and carries his bosom. He gently leads those that are young. But like a, a shepherd, he feeds his flock. You've been tested, the scripture says, verse number two. The psalmist said in Psalms 26, 2, examine me, O Lord, and try me. Test my mind and test my heart. Psalm 139, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my, my thoughts. The one text says my anxious thoughts. Jeremiah 17, 10, I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give to each man according to his ways, according to the results of his. Now, the Lord doesn't tempt us, but he surely tests us. And it's good for us to understand how the Lord is working and moving our lives. We search the hearts 
We understand his working. This is how he's led us. He's fed us. He's, this, is, this is the journey of my past, where I've been. I'm reflecting on the Lord. I, I'm recalling who I am. Uh, I'm remembering whose I am. <clears throat> and now I'm, I'm reflecting where I've been. I don't know where you've been this year, but you've got your own notes on that one. What hardships have you faced in 2023? that might have been different from any other year previous in all your life in some areas? What emotions have you experienced this year with great intensity? You think about the emotions, all the kinds of emotions that you can feel and have in your heart and in your mind. What emotions have you experienced this year in your being? Where have you been this year? What testings has the Lord brought you through what, what, what areas or sins in your life have you failed the Lord with? Where you been? Where you been traveling this last year? Where'd you get bent out of shape? Where did you miss the mark? Where did you find yourself as erring, misaligned, we look at that side of our lives, but then we can see the other side that has more glory of God in it, and that is those areas where God has led me, God has fed me, God has humbled me, God has been good to me, He's taught me, He's clothed me. And so, where is this journey that you've been on this year? You might say, in this year, Pastor, I've experienced Psalm chapter 23. I know where them still waters are. Oh, yeah. I remember, I remember going to the green pasture this year. Man, I wish I could get back there. The green pastures, he restored my soul this year. Can you say that? The Lord's been good to me. Before you exit out of this year, this afternoon, this evening, take some time to recall your identity as to who you are. Take some time to remember whose you are. You belong to the Lord. Take some time from this past. This is all that Moses introduces them. We're getting, we're getting, we're coming to the close. We're getting ready to go in this land to possess it as we come into this year, this afternoon, this evening. Take some time to reflect the journey that you've been on, not only the last number of years, but more particular this last year. Been fed, tested, and taught. Psalm chapter 25, verse 12, Who is the man who fears the Lord? The Lord will instruct him in the way that he should go. He teaches us. I will instruct you and teach you in the way which we should go. I'll counsel you with my eye upon you. I like that. Psalm chapter 25, verse 9, He leads the humble in justice and he teaches the humble in his way. God has taught me this year. I know more about the ways of God and the Word of God. I know more about life from the eyes and the understanding of God than I knew in 2022 or 2021. God has taught me this year. He's taught you. He's clothed you. He's provided for you. Matthew chapter 6, verse 28. Why are you anxious about your clothing? Take no thought for your life. 
Look at the lilies. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothed, there it is in Deuteronomy chapter 8, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which day is tomorrow sown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O men, O ye of little faith? He clothed me. I like that. It speaks of its provision. Take no thought about your life. Be anxious for nothing. God provides with the sustenance that's needed in our daily life. And I can say thanks be to God for this last year as I reflect upon it by God not only teaching me but also providing and clothing me. I like that. What a joy to our hearts as we think about God's provision, the reflection upon what God has done and what God has done this past year for us. Then number four, refocus where you're going. We're coming to the end of this journey here, okay? Refocus where you're going. You recall who you are. You remember whose you are. You reflect where you've been, and now we're looking forward here now. We are focusing and refocusing where you're going. Now, the Jews had already heard where they're going. Been explained to them very well. The spies had already been sent out. They understood this promised land, this land of Canaan that they were going to present, they understood the inheritance that God was going to give them. They knew the wilderness journey was coming to an end. And so for a little while, he talks about for them the idea of where they are going. Where is it this year that God's leading you? Where are you going this year? What's going to happen? Uh, what's the journey for you? <clears throat> well, uh, he begins to explain to them where they're going. Here's what he says in Deuteronomy <clears throat> chapter 8. Look at it, verse number 6. I think I'm in the wrong chapter there. Chapter 8, verse number 6. Let's go through this quickly. He says to them, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and by fearing him. The Lord is bringing you into a good land. That's where they're going. It's a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs flowing out in the valleys and the hills. It's a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive trees and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity in which you'll lack nothing. That's the land where you are going. A land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can d dig copper. And you shall eat and be full. And you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Refocus on where you're going. He, he reminds us of this place that they're going and uh, this land that's given to them. In all of your ways, 
Uh, you're walking in my ways. That's the land. Wherever you go, he says, this future, uh, you're going in my ways, in the ways of the Lord. You're going fearing the Lord, he says. Uh, fearing him in verse number six. Uh, I like this. Uh, 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 going where he says, Proverbs chapter one comes to mind, verse number seven, the fear of the Lord. See, that's the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom. The land you're going is a place where you're fearing him. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Matthew chapter 10, fear not the men which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him, which is able for both body and soul. I like that. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. That's the land where I'm going, fearing him, keeping his commandments. This is the whole duty of man. And so he gives us an idea of fearing him. Verse number seven, here's where you're going. Refocus on where you're going. You're going to a good land. You're going to a good place. He's bringing you into a good land. Uh, I want to make that application. This is my prayer. Lord, uh, uh, could, could I accept by way of application this journey of these Jews in this Old Testament for my journey in my life? You're, 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 you're focusing it towards that good land. At verse 8 and 10, he's filling me with good things, filling me with good things. Wheat and barley and vines and pomegranates and olive trees. Notice all these good things. You're going to eat and you're going to be full. You'll bless the Lord your God for the good land he is giving to you. Uh, I like that. Uh, to think about focusing where I'm going. I think of John chapter 14, verse number 6. There's somebody, probably several of us in this room, who need this passage right now. The Holy Spirit wants you to listen carefully. Same thing he told disciples when he was going away, preparing them a place where they would soon be going. He said, don't let your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. This is where you're going. Focus on where you're going. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, a good place, Deuteronomy chapter 8, a good place. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive it myself, that where I am in that place, there you may be also. This is where you're going. You know the way, and you know where I'm going. And Thomas didn't. He said, Lord, we don't know the way. We don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus answered and said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. I think for some people this morning, all they need to do is get focused on where they're going. This is where you're headed. This is the journey I'm on. 2024, heaven bound, glory bound, the will of God. My life will line up with that. And for that journey that I'm on, as I recall who I am, and I remember whose I am, and when I reflect where I've been, one thing for sure on this journey in 2024, I'm going to refocus where I'm going in the days ahead. And then number five, refuel yourself to get there. Let's close this lesson this morning. Refuel yourself to get where you're going in 2024. You're refocused, but you're going to need some fuel. Refuel yourself. Look in verse number 11. 
chapter 8. Take care, lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I command you today. Refuel where you're going. You're going to need to take care. You're going to stay lined up with the roadmap, <clears throat> the rules. He uses the word command used numbers of times in these three or four chapters here in Deuteronomy in his first speech. The commands of the Lord. He reflects to it many, many times. First John chapter 2 says that of us in verse 3 to 5 about this journey. Hereby we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. That's the fuel that I need. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, a liar, the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word, that's the fuel. His word in him, verily is the love of God perfected. And hereby we know that we are in him. Uh, you're going to need some fuel on this journey. Uh, you're going to need to take care. Take care. Uh, there's a responsibility given to me on this journey ahead. God will give a promise and a fulfillment. Uh, notice what he says in the next couple chapters throughout this passage. You'll see several times he says, I'll bless you as long as you keep my commandments and take care. But I'll curse you if you don't. I'll curse you if you don't. One of the saddest verses on the wilderness wanderings to me is found in the book of Numbers chapter 14 when I discovered something that just kind of amazed me. I'd have thought if these people would have gone out of this land of the wilderness, they're coming out of Egypt, now 39 years in the wilderness, 39 plus years, getting real close to Kadesh Barnea, getting ready to cross over. I'd have thought everyone would have said, Yea, Lord, what a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him, heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. But when I read Numbers chapter 14, it was the minority that crossed over and went into the Jordan and crossed into the land of Canaan. It was the rebels. It was primarily people about 20 years and younger that went over. There was a few older people, but they were the ones who kept the commandments and the statutes and the rules in the journey as they were discovering what lied ahead, they thought it would just be an automatic thing for them. But God made it conditional. And that is, you better take care. You better heed to my commandments. You better do what I tell you. You better listen to the word. To him that doeth, knoweth to do good and doesn't do it, to him it's sin. When sin's finished, it brings forth a curse. It brings forth death. You better listen to my word. And one of the greatest things you can decide this afternoon before you cross over to the midnight hour tonight is this coming year, my fuel is going to be the word of God. I'm going to make much of Jesus, much of his word. I'm going to take heed to his commandments. I'm going to follow his ways. I'm going to listen to his voice. I'm going to allow him to feed me and to clothe me and to humble me and to test me. I'm going to refocus on the journey that lies ahead before me. And so if that's not good enough, Romans, Deuteronomy chapter 10. Let's close on this verse. Deuteronomy chapter 10. Go with me, if you will, for just a moment. Deuteronomy chapter 10. 
And look at verse number 12. And now Israel, what does the Lord your God require you? I'll put down this as number six in our slides. Receive all the requirements for your good. What does the Lord God require of you as you're going to take this land and possess it? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. And wait a minute. Keep all his commandments. Keep all his commandments and statutes of the Lord, which I'm commanding you today for your good. Would you circle those verses in your Bible? Because they're not circled right now. If it's the first verse in Deuteronomy you're going to mark in your Bible, would you mark Deuteronomy chapter 12, uh, chapter 10, verse 12 and 13? Will you listen up? Would you leave here, go home and eat your lunch before you take your nap this afternoon or watch the ball game? Would you go back to those two verses and say, Lord, as I recall who I am. And Lord, as I remember whose I am. And Lord, as I reflect where I've been. And Lord, when I refocus on where I'm going, and as I refuse to get there, I want to receive Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12 and 13, as your commandments for my good. What does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and to keep the commandments and statutes of the Lord, which I'm commanding you today for your good. Hey, grandparents, take those two verses and give a reward to your children for memorizing those two verses. That'd be a good thing for you. Maybe get your kids, maybe you do it yourself first. <laughs> And say, that's me. That's where I'm going. And that's what I'm doing. I'm doing Deuteronomy chapter 10. Just like Moses spoke thousands of years ago. Today, God wants me to accept Deuteronomy chapter 10. At the end of this year, as I begin the journey for a new year beginning tomorrow. Chapter 10, verse 12, and verse number 13. And so... Fear the Lord, walk in his ways, love him, serve him, and keep all his commandments. Time won't let me go to chapter 11, verse 1, verse 13, 19, verse 20, 21, and 26, about all the observance of God's command in chapter number 11. And so on this last day of 2023, will you recall who you are? Remember whose you are. Reflect where you've been. Refocus where you're going and refuel to get there and receive the requirements for your good in 2024. Make a personal application. All Scripture is profitable. And my prayer for you is that Deuteronomy chapter 7, 8, 9, and 10 can be profitable to every child of God today. So accept the good word of God and receive it. Honor him by it. 
fulfill His Word in your life and live this promise in 2024. Can we do the same today as Salem Baptist Church? Corporately as a church. We, we may talk about this next Sunday afternoon for a little while at 5 o'clock. Can Salem Baptist recall who they are? Who are we? Can we, this coming year, remember who we belong to? Church doesn't belong to anybody in this church. Belongs to the Lord. There might be some people got their ownership and their signature and their hands on things they need to let go of. It's the Lord's. It ain't yours. Salem belongs to the Lord. Let's reflect where we've been in 2023. Is that fair? It's the Word of God. It applies to church. Reflect where we've been this last year. And let's refocus where we're supposed to go this year. And let's refuel to get what God wants to do and take us in order to do. But one responsibility. We've got to receive all the requirements for Salem's good this year. And I'm trusting as we close this old year out today as a church or as an individual or in a marriage or in a relationship, you can take this passage and apply it to your life and believe that God has a journey for you in 2024 for your good. It's for your good. For your good. But you've got to fulfill the requirements in order to receive it. I don't know about you. I'm in. I'm signing up today. I've already done it, by the way. I'm in. I'm on board. I know where I'm going. I know what he's doing. I know what I need to do. And today I'm going to refocus, you see. And I'm going to refuel. And I'm going to receive the requirements that God has set for me. Let's bow our heads together in prayers. Our praise team comes this morning. If God has spoken to your heart, you can make that commitment today. You don't have to wait till this afternoon. God has spoken to your heart already this morning, and you need to bring yourself to a place of invitation. He is inviting me to be fed. He's inviting me to be clothed. He's inviting me to have health. He's inviting me to wealth. He's inviting me to his love. All these are found in Deuteronomy chapter 7 and 8. And the question this morning is, will you come? Will you say yes? Will you listen to his word and leave this year by way of exiting what God has done for the year ahead of you for what God wants to do for you? Father, speak to our hearts. We commit this passage in a way, Lord, it's with gravity and sincerity and intentionally for people today to respond. This last invitation of the year, the last day of the year, about their journey ahead. In Jesus' name I ask it, amen.